Sue Broom here for messages from our loved ones. So what we do for messages from our loved ones, we invite you to put in the chat anybody that you have loved and lost and are hoping to receive a message from. We'll be watching for your messages. And um, yeah, just put it in the Facebook chat and then we'll be able to find those. It is such an honor to be here with Sue Broom. Sue has created a deck of cards that we use. We do for messages. And it literally has messages that were channeled to her. And then we also read into the energy from your loved one. And oftentimes we get a glimpse of what your relationship was with them, or if there's a message that they have for you. So we're so pleased to be here with you today. Sue Broom, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully I didn't miss anything because I had to put you on mute. Ah. So, so you guys wouldn't hear what I might, I had to put my stuff on mute because I was trying to share it out. I think I got it all. <laughs> well, I was brilliant, so you missed it. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> you're always brilliant. Is that what you said? You were brilliant? That's what I said. On yeah, you're always brilliant. Thank you, Prochetta, for waiting. We got started. <laughs> My fault. Yeah. Okay. Let me. I just love when you can't get everything on one screen. So I've got the words on one screen and then I can't see Sue. So I guess we're just going to go. You don't have to see me, but. <laughs> I just, I can see you, but it's about a minute ago. So, <laughs> oh, well, we'll do the best we can. Uh-oh. Oh, so, oh you, I'm still here. Did you mute for a second? Oh, that was, that was before. That was oh, before. That was... So you must be catching up. I told you I'm seeing you four seconds ago. It's strategy. Yeah, that was that was several seconds ago. <laughs> there we go. All right. All right. Prachetta, how are you, my dear? It's so good to hear from you. Glad that you're here. While we're waiting for folks to put, and I know you want to hear something, Prachetta, but I'm hoping that you'll stay with us for a while here. Wanted to take a minute and um talk about people's final wishes now so we've never talked about this but i think this is an interesting thing what is our responsibility when a friend says when i die i want you to do such and such and such one of my friends who recently passed her name is Jeannie, and she said when i die I want my friends to sit around, have a meal, talk, have a drink, and take one of my paintings, take a piece of my jewelry, etc. I thought that that's easy. And we've already done that three times. So, you know, that one was an easy one. Her cousin, Lloyd, um, who I actually have his ashes at the moment, um, Jeannie had his ashes and then Jeannie died. So we have Jeannie's and Lloyd's ashes and they're all going in the family plot, right? So all fine and good back in Chicago. The tricky part is what Lloyd wants with his ashes. He wants his mother's casket to be exhumed 
and his ashes to be dumped into mom's casket. Now, there's a very good chance that the funeral home will say, absolutely not, we're not doing that. <laughs> and so uh, what do you do? How, you know, how are we supposed to feel about that? Are we supposed to just go, well, we did the best we could, or is there more to the story there? Is there any thought that Lloyd will be unhappy somewhere that we didn't fulfill his last wishes? Or is Lloyd just elsewhere and really doesn't care? It's just an interesting thought. Sue, what are your thoughts? So I think that Lloyd probably thought about that and made that decision when he was very physically in his body and coming from a very 3D place. And I think now that Lloyd is on the other side and ashes, I think he could give a rip. <laughs> so I would say, well, if we can't exhume, you know, if that's if you, they can't exhume or they won't or whatever, then I would spread the ashes right atop mom's grave. And he can work his way down if that's, <laughs> if, if that's what, but so, because I, I, I think that people, people, when they're making all these decisions, which I, I do appreciate, but really the things that, that when it comes to somebody passing and here's here's their stuff and what do we do with their stuff? It's all about the, the people that are left are the ones that are more worried about than the people that are now on the other side. So I, I think, yeah, he made the decision when he was in his 3D physical and now I, I, I don't think it's important to him. Well, and it was interesting because in the 3D, he never liked to be alone. And so it makes perfect sense. <laughs> That's really interesting. Perfect sense that he'd want to be as close to mom as he possibly can. And so that means put me in the casket. Yeah. And, and plus think about the mom. I mean, you know, maybe her wishes were grow, you know, grow up, live your lives and go on. <laughs> because the other thing is he's taken the say out of her. That's a very good point, right? He's imposing himself, if you will. Mm -hmm. And there are people that believe, I mean, this isn't what I believe, but there are people that believe, hey, mom's in the ground, that's mom. So it is sacrilegious to bring her up and dump something else in. You know, it's like, oh, we forgot something throw it in you know so some people would also be coming from that that it's it's very sacrilegious and you're going to be disrupting her because of that yeah that's a, that's a very interesting thought yeah well you know as our friends are grieving Jeannie's passing it's so interesting because some of our friends are Jewish and some are kind of more staunch Catholic and, you know, we've sort of got the gamut. 
And it's so interesting to hear what different people think happens when you die. Mm -hmm. So for one of my Jewish friends, you die, you're gone. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. And so let me me ask you, though, when they're gone, are they are they in the ground or are they just gone in the ground? Okay. you are done and others of us believe in life after life and other lifetimes and that the spirit continues and that spirit can come and give us messages and send a butterfly flick the lights Mm -hmm. and those of us that have those kinds of beliefs are handling this transition so much easier than the friends that just go, well, that's it, she's done. Right. Yeah, it's interesting to see culturally and and religious-wise all the different thoughts about what happens when you die. Now, Sue, I know that you believe in life after life. Mm I do. And um, the first time, you know how, how there's there's a lot of people that will go visit graves. And every year they'll clean up the grave and, you know, put in flowers or whatever. The first time I ever went to my mom and dad's gravesite was at the 30-year anniversary of when my mom had transitioned. And the reason I did that is because I took that day and celebrated her life. I went up to um, downtown Madison. You could get the, I got her birth and her death certificates, downtown Madison. And then I went to a place where my mom, the lock, the locks in Madison, where my mom used to take us kids. And then I went to another place where she used to take us kids hiking. And then it seemed like I did something else. Oh, the game farm. I think I went to the, oh, that was the game farm. And then it's like, oh, I want, I was going to go to the grave site. And I had to call my brother, Steve. And I said, where is it? How do you get there? He knew right where it is, right exactly. So he told me, and then he ended up meeting me there, which was, which was really, it was, oh, and the other place I went to was the cottage where we used to have, it was a cottage and then a trailer and we had a garage up there. We would go up there for, for weekends and stuff. And and then to the gravesite, but that was the first time I had been there and I haven't been back. Wow, two questions. One, why didn't you go within those 30 years? And two, why did you finally go? I think, I, I, I know for um, why I didn't go is because that's not where she is. I, I've never felt that that's where she is. And I think when I ended up going there, I think because it felt like it was starting out the day with getting her birth and death certificate. And the other place I did, I stopped at my insurance agent, get this, my insurance agent, because his assistant knew my mom she was at my mom and dad's wedding because she says 
I think I was your mom's only Catholic friend because my mom was Lutheran. So, so I think the the going to the gravesite was kind of the the ending of you know birth to death, and as it ends up, it was more important for Steve than it was for me because there was there was a lot of things that we talked about that day that I had no idea how much anger and how much hurt he still was carrying. Wow. Mm -hmm. Not at my mom, more at my dad. But really, not even for my mom, but. But how important for the two of you to have that conversation? Absolutely. It, it absolutely was. So, and I think when it all started, I don't know that I had planned to meet him. I don't think until I was trying to find the cottage and I called him, because he knew, I mean, he knew. He just, you know, he he saw, he's one of these, he was one of these where if you went into an old timers bar, he would go sit up at the bar and he would just have all kinds of conversations with all the old timers. So, but yes, for him, it was, I think, very important. And though he didn't, it maybe it started some of his, his maybe a crack in some of his healing that he needed to do. So did that did I answer your question? You you did. Mm-hmm. But what but what prompted you to actually go there then? Were you just feeling like it's time or I think there was something to do with the 30 year anniversary. Hmm. Because it felt like it was kind of a milestone at that time. Because I, you know, like I I thought it was I, I thought it was kind of funny because Steve's showing me where everybody's gravesite is. So there was my mom and my dad and my brother, Chris, and then grandma and grandpa Broom were there. And then just down the way was Mr. Cabina. So Mr. Cabina was our neighbor and he was, we always thought he was a mean old neighbor, but now looking back and even then looking back, his wife had died of cancer. They didn't have any kids. So he was just kind of setting his ways. And, you know, we got a whole boatload of kids over here all the time running through his yard and the dogs get out and run through his yard. (laughs) But it was funny because it's like, look, Mr. Cabina, he's still a neighbor. (laughs) So I I don't know that. Yeah, because I didn't feel like they were there. It was just like, oh, look, oh, look. You know, not standing there sobbing at the gravesite like a lot of people people will do and you know people grieve in all their own way but I think looking back it was it was really important for Steve well and sometimes we talk about what we call spiritual breadcrumbs where you just get a little hint of something and I actually wonder Sue if you weren't getting spiritual breadcrumbs encouraging you to go because 
time with Steve was going to be really pivotal for him. And you needed to be there for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because I don't know how much longer he was in Wisconsin because he ended up moving to Texas and he's the one that passed a, a few years ago, but he's the one, everybody, that he's a big part of why this deck of cards is here because after his crossing, it was like within a couple months. I think Steve and Chris, once they were both on the other side together, said, get her done. But so, yeah, I because I think it was it was really really important it was it was definitely beneficial for me for the whole day but I was you know here's the other thing is I was celebrating her life and doing the things that that I remembered her doing with us and Steve was angry more angry at my dad but you know saying he was saying what a horrible father he was and it's like he wasn't that horrible <laughs> you know, it's like wait a minute but I also wasn't as much of a troublemaker as Steve was your your relationship was very different than <laughs> was so I can imagine it felt like dad was not a good dad to him yeah right. and, and you know even though before I moved out of the house I didn't get along well with my dad but I also made peace with that a while after I had moved out and I would go over to the house and we would sit and have coffee and you know have good conversations so yeah, yeah everybody goes through what they need to go through when they need to go through it I think right and sometimes we're a pawn in that we're we are put in the place of helping somebody else process their stuff so they can move forward so those of you that listen to spirit or follow those spiritual breadcrumbs, you are being guided to be at different places at different times. And it's because you're needed to be there. So, oh, well, thank you for taking us on that journey with you. <laughs> it was really sweet. Very sweet. Um, Prichetta, I know, would love to hear. She's um, back in New Delhi. And... Yeah, we're in Delhi, and she's in mom's house, so she feels her everywhere. Mm. She said, my mom's last wish was that we celebrate her life to be happy and no mourning. Sounds great. Read that last part again. My mom's last wish was that we celebrate her life and to be happy with no mourning. Yeah. And only part of that has happened. <laughs> I think there's been an awful lot of mourning. An awful lot. So it's hard not to mourn. Absolutely. And so uh, my question to Prochetta and, and to everybody is, have you done things to celebrate their life? Meaning, um, you know, so so say that now, I, I'm, I'm sure this is true with Prochetta because she's such a cook and her mom is an inspiration. But, you know, cooking all of mom's favorite things and having the family like you, like you with your friend and having everybody just, you know, enjoying food. So doing things to celebrate 
what mom brought to you, you know, whether it's the cooking or whether it's the decorating the way, you know, so bringing that in, oh, and I'm getting chills on that. And, but doing something to celebrate the time that they were here and maybe the inspiration that they brought to people or, you know, you could feel the love this way. So let's, her favorite flower. So let's, let's have the flowers or, or your friend with her garden. So let's have that type of garden or something celebrating the garden. So are we doing things to celebrate or are we doing things like, you know, my brother standing at the grave and that's so interesting because when you think about it, the person that he's complaining to can't talk back and it's not going to change anything. Unless it's just, you know, processing out loud to get it out, and then he can move on. Well, I, I do think there's a lot of power in processing it to get it out. Whether it's in the form of standing at the gravesite and screaming, spewing, crying, whatever, or writing a letter. And just saying how angry you are or how much you loved. You know, another way to process is, so say that it's Mother's Day. And you always send your mom, you know, whatever kind of card on Mother's Day. So send her a card. You know, you put whatever address to my mom. And even if you said just to my mom and don't put anything else on the envelope but wrote everything in the card and put it in the mailbox and just let it go. It's, it's a, it's just another process that of, of getting your feelings out and allowing that to, to be energetically out because I think so he might not have been able to hear my dad, but my dad heard so, so then there's things that energetically may have started a little bit of a healing process. I know he didn't heal, heal at all. He still had a lot of work to do, but it, it probably helped open the door a crack. Well, and those were things he probably could not say to your father in person. And so to say those things as if he was talking to him in person. I'm sure that was helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, some of the things that Steve was so angry about, they, they happened when he would have been three, four, five years old. Oh. So... Oh. My my brother Chris was very ill. He had cancer, leukemia, cancer. I don't know, um, but he died when he was four. And Steve and Chris were very close. And I think Steve was he was born in sixty two. Chris was born in sixty three. But they used to do stuff together. Well, when Chris was really sick, and us kids, we knew he was sick, but we didn't know he was dying. Um. 
Chris always liked the midget races. And so my dad knew some of the drivers and he took, it was Steve and Chris, took them down and in the cockpit or what, the pit, I don't know, whatever it is, afterwards, one of the drivers let Chris get in the car and take a picture of Chris sitting in the seat, the driver's seat at the car. Okay. Chris gets out of the car and Steve, all of a sudden, you know, he starts walking toward the car. It's now it's my turn. And my dad put out his hand to stop him and said, today is Chris's day, or this is for Chris or something like that. That, I mean, and I'm getting such chills on that. That made such an impact on Steve because he took it that dad did not love him as much as Chris. And then when Chris ended up dying, he was pissed at my parents because they didn't tell his kids that he was dying. Right. So a lot, a lot. And I, at that time, I had absolutely no idea that that happened at the race car that day. I remember seeing pictures of Chris in the race car, but I had no idea of the rest until 30 years after my mom died. Wow. Which would have been almost 20 years after my, after my dad passed away. That's a long time to hold on to all that anger. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. That can certainly take a toll. Um, why don't we see if there is a card from Prochetta's mom? So interesting. It is, it is really interesting. So, you know, thinking about all of that emotion, we also carry all of the love emotion, all the happiness emotion, all the joy emotion. And that is really, that's, that's what we want to carry forward in honor of those that are on the other side. Come on, mom. <laughs> All right. Woo. It almost flipped the deck, just so you know. I send rainbows to brighten your day. This is, oh, so, so cool. So it seems like there's Yes, it may be a true rainbow, like looking up in the sky or the other morning I had all of a sudden on the ceiling, I could see all these rainbows going on because of something, I, a crystal I have hanging. It's like, wow, that is so cool. But I, I feel like even there might be ways, there might be ways that the light is going to play with your eyes, Prachetta. So... Where I was this weekend, um, they have a water fountain inside. And every once in a while on the ceiling, you could see just, it was just this little dancing light. And I think 
pay attention to what thoughts are going through your mind or sit and do a meditation and, and spend time with your mom and then see what you notice after that with the light playing with your eyes or catching up different colors of the true rainbow and the brightness of it. Because there's something about when you see a, a rainbow in a sky, how bright the colors are. Even though they might be muted, they're still bright, if that makes sense. So, oh, I love that. So, Prichetta, your your mother is taking me into the kitchen, and we have I've seen and smelled these same things from her before. It's not a new message, but the cooking and the smells and the colors and the the vibe the um vibrant mm -hmm. smells and colors it's just coming through so strongly right now and i feel your dad in the kitchen as well do you, when you're at home do you cook in do you cook in her kitchen because there that's where they are and they're just in that space with love and memories and pay attention to the I mean they're probably the same smells that you smell a lot with all of the cooking um some of many of the same flavors but it's just so vibrant what's coming through right now I mean I can smell it I'm surprised I can't because sometimes it, I will I will notice that it's like, oh yeah um, but also now look at the, the colors that you're mentioning and now bring the colors of the rainbow into the cooking and into the feast, you know, because there are all the colors of the rainbow in the food. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. Yeah. In particular, it's, it's almost like a, one of the curry dishes that I'm smelling that beautiful orange yellow brown but yeah so beautiful and your dad is delightful as always like coming and taking a little piece of the naan and sticking it in the sauce you know I mean it's just family it just feels so so loving and connected yeah there is such a connection with food isn't there there absolutely is yeah you know that the what is it the the um when you get the aroma of something it's like the scent and the memory part of your brains are right next to each other or something is that right I, they, it makes sense but yeah. I, I think that's why that's why when people get a, a, a scent of something or an aroma of food it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that for years because the, it triggers something. I, I think they're, I'm probably saying it wrong, but it's like that part of the brain, those two pieces are right next to each other. <laughs> yeah, it'll take you back right away. Won't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, oh, Prichetta said, Prichir does a lot of the cooking. Mom used to make awesome chicken curry. My dad was a foodie. Yeah, I can see that. I can absolutely see that. Yeah. Very sweet. Well, 
there's so much love for you from your parents. Mm -hmm. So much love for both of you. Um, okay, so Laura Adams is new. I, I don't remember the name Laura Adams. Maybe you do, Sue. She would like to hear from Anna Casey Adams. We share so many memories. You know, I don't know what the what the connection is, whether it's mother-daughter, two sisters, but I do feel like there's, so what I was seeing as I was shuffling is like, um, if you were two souls, souls almost dancing together in your connection. And whether it's memories from this lifetime or past lifetimes, that's what it, it there, there are so many connections. And when um, Anna was still here in the 3D, it felt like there's there was a strong connection and there might've been places that you went that you felt both really strongly to go to, <clears throat> to go to. Um, but it, it's like, it's just like the, the two souls, they're lights and they're just dancing together. They're not, they're not forming into one or anything, but they're just dancing together. So, um, yeah. So the memories too are like, like Ruth and I have been talking about memories. The memories are so important and the memories that we bring into our today we can feed them. So bringing in the joyful memories, bringing in the happy memories. And, and yeah, there, there may be some sad ones and it's okay to have those memories, but there's probably a lot more happy memories that you've shared together and to bring those into, into existence again today in, into the now of today. Yeah, beautiful. So, so Laura said she's new. Welcome, Laura. I'm so glad that you're here with us. And Anna is her mother. She said we were very close. Yeah. So what I saw was the first thing that I saw was a flower, just, just the flower part, not the stem, just the flower part. And it was white, almost like a gardenia, but the flowers that they show us from the ethereal realm don't really equate to the flowers that we have here, at least what I've seen but it was white. And as I watched this flower, it was young and fresh. And then it was old, not dried up and shriveled, but as if, as if it had been dried, but maintained its shape, maintained its color, but it was, it was old. And the message, I was getting several messages. One is, I will wait for you. And when it's time for you to join your mother, there's this path that she wants to take you down. And like you two as both young girls. And um, 
but the thing with the flower being young and old, what that's meaning to me is that, and, and I do believe in other lifetimes, um, might have been in the past, might be concurrent, but I do believe in other lifetimes. What this looks like is this is not the first time that you have been with the person who played your mother in this lifetime. Um, I believe we play different roles for each other. So maybe you were sisters in a different lifetime. Uh, maybe you were the mother at one point. But this is this was not your first time together. That's what the young and the old shows me. And how sweet that she's waiting for you and that you two will be young again and going off and, and enjoying and playing and exploring together again. It looks like a beautiful relationship, long, long term relationship. And you're not done either. So I hope that even though you've lost your mother in the 3D, that you are able to still feel that connection with your mother. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, Sue, do you have anything else for Laura? No, just when you were saying that connection, it was because it was a sisterly connection that I was feeling um, when I saw the two, you know, the two light souls. Um, and that does carry forward. Absolutely. Carry forward, carry back, carry every which way. And I do believe that those souls that we have been with over and over again, we hold such a close connection with them. And it doesn't mean it's always a friendly, positive connection, but it's more intense. Mm -hmm. with those souls that we've been with time and time again. Yeah. How lucky we are as humans to feel that close of a connection to someone. Because I know that there are, there's people that I know now that don't feel any kind of real intense, close connection to anybody here on the planet. So I, I just feel so blessed to have loved folks so much that it that I really really miss them. I just think we're we're so lucky. Mm -hmm. That's as much as it hurts. Say yeah. that again. As much as it hurts to. Oh, <laughs> yes. Laura said. Laura said, thank you. It's been almost two years. Still miss her so much. Her sister passed a few months before her. I lost my aunt and mother the same year. That's that's hard, Laura. Sister, aunt, and mother within all within two years? Her sister, mom's, mom's sister. Oh, got it. The aunt and the mother. Got it. She said, yes, I am blessed having her as my mom and my aunt yeah so I have another question for Laura um what was the age difference between your mom and you just out of curiosity why what are you sensing no it's it's something um you know it 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 stirs up memories of of my mom um because there's many mornings that I when I'm having my first cup of coffee it's like I wonder if 
you know, I, I feel like her and I would be friends now. She didn't like coffee, but you know, that, that we would be friends. So it's almost like I could, I, I could see sitting with her having coffee in the morning, especially the first cup of, I don't know why the, the first cup of coffee, but, um, but my mom was only 18 years old because she was 17 when my older brother was born. She was 18 when I was born. So she, you know, very close in age. So I was just curious. So your mom would still be young now if she were alive. Yeah. yeah. 83. Yeah. Well, no, 80, 81. That's young. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Laura's mom was 31 when she had Laura. And she had eight children. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, God bless your mother that she had eight children and you felt so loved. Mm -hmm. God bless her that she was able to love so many. Mm -hmm. That's a special gift, really. That's yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. She was 31 when Laura was born. Wow. And my mom had just turned 32 when she passed. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, I'm so glad that we had this opportunity to meet you, Laura. Thank you for being here. And Prachetta, as ever, we, we love you and so glad you were here. Sue, anything else for the, for the last closing comments? Yes. A friend of mine mentioned this to me the other day, and I'm feeling it's a perfect thing to remind everyone, remind everyone today everyone is the people that are in your life that you love and care about that are still here in the 3d tell them mm -hmm. tell them what they mean to you while they're here so you won't be standing at their grave site saying i wish i would have told you you know but tell them show them let them know that they're important to you that you love them that you're glad that they are in your life you know, excellent point. Um, we never got to say goodbye to Jeannie. We didn't know she was going and then she was gone. So you most of the time you don't get to say goodbye. And so when your folks know that you love them, mm -hmm. there isn't such the need to say goodbye. Right. The main message is the love. So beautiful. Subaru, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. So we will be back. Wow. Can you imagine? November? <laughs> I know. It's like November. November 13. November 13. We'll look forward to seeing y'all here. Please come back and join us. Take good care, friends. We'll see you soon. Bye now.